Hello everyone, my name is Belent and this is Hoka Talk, a weekly podcast series on both YouTube and Spotify. If you missed last week's episode where I talked about all things games, then no need to worry about it because a link will be in the description below, so feel free to check that out before you listen to this episode or after it, the choice is yours. To ensure you don't miss any further episodes of Hoka Talk, including this one, be sure to click on the bell on the video on YouTube and you'll always get a notification then whenever I upload a new episode because I had a few people come to me, as I said last week and before that probably as well, saying that my videos aren't appearing in their sub boxes, so that is just a way to get around it. But with that being said, first of all, thank you to all the love, and I know I repeat myself every single week, but to all the love shown on all the videos, including last week's one, it means so much to me and I really can't put it into words, all the lovely messages that I've been getting from people that I know, so honestly, it's priceless to me, and the more messages like this people send me, the more I'm going to keep wanting to make these, so... For everyone who's liked the videos and so on, subscribed to the channel, shared it with their family and friends, you are all legends in my eyes, and I really can't thank you enough. So, hats off to you all, and um, because I support Wales, and uh, let's add a bit of Welsh to an already international podcast, because we've spoken Welsh before, and um, I think Spanish too, so there we are, why the hell not? So, Euro 2020, as I'm sure everyone knows, uh, if you're a football fan, then um, you definitely will be. If you don't, I've just told you, so you learn something new every day, as they say. Starts on Friday at the time of uh, you listening to this, which is, um, on the day even, is Tuesday. I'll be running through um, groups A to F, just who's in what group and so on. Matches I'm looking forward to. A few grabs I want to talk about, which my brother will definitely know what's coming up very shortly. Um, he was meant to come on today's episode, but seven came up, so he'll be coming on sometime soon. So it's not the end of the world. Um, I didn't want to have stop me though for making another episode today, because it's the only time I have uh, free this week because I'll be working. But it is what it is. As long as I um, make an episode a week, then that's all that matters to me. So after that then I'll be talking about players I'm looking forward to watching from each um, team. Uh, obviously I'll also mention honourable mentions too. And I'll also talk about kits that I'm looking forward to seeing on the pitch. And much, much more. So look forward to that. And I'll also be showing on the screen if you're watching a video on YouTube. And the links will be in the description below to the kits I'm talking about. Just so you know what I'm talking about. Anyway. Group A then has Italy, Switzerland, Turkey and Wales and I believe it is Italy and Turkey who kick off the tournament at 8 o'clock on Friday so that will be a nice matchup to get things going. I'm looking forward to the Turkey-Wales game. I have said this already. I think I said it last week. Obviously my dad's from Turkey and we go there a lot um, to see my family but uh, I'm sorry to any Turkish fans that were hoping that I, uh, well, I'd be saying that I'm going to be supporting Turkey but... Uh, you know, my heart is uh, with Wales. I was born in Wales, as I have mentioned previously, and uh, you might be able to sell. So, I'd be supporting Wales that day. I think the game's on June the 16th, and I'm not working, so roll on um, June the 16th, which I think is next Wednesday. I also wanted to mention, if you hear any background noise, I can only apologise. I need to buy a pop filter for, for my microphone, because when I listen back to the videos, I can hear traffic in the background and so on. So, hopefully... Whenever um, I upload next, I'll have a pop filter on the microphone so you don't hear as much background noise as you might be picking up. Uh, so, like I said, for now, at least, I can only apologise. But, with that being said, Group B then has Belgium, Denmark, Finland and Russia in it. Group C, Austria, Netherlands, North Macedonia, who um, will be going to their first ever major tournament, so props to them. Ukraine. 
And then Group D, Croatia, Czech Republic, England, Scotland, and it is the first time in 23 years that Scotland will be gracing the international stage, so that's nice for them, captained by obviously Liverpool's Andy Robertson, I do believe. Group E has Poland, Slovakia, Spain and Sweden, and as I mentioned towards the end of last week's episode of Hoka Talk, Group F has what I believe is the group of death, really, France, Germany... Hungary and Portugal. Many people thinking that Hungary are going to be finishing bottom of that group, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. So, I wanted to talk about, first of all, obviously, I'm going to be supporting Wales from start to finish, however long they go on in this tournament. Um, Rob Page, who is basically standing in for Ryan Giggs, he's got some things going on in his personal life that I'm not going to discuss today and right now. I'm sure um, anyone who follows football and so on will know what's going on with him at the moment. Um, is basically being replaced, for now at least, and however long, by Rob Page. And Rob Page uh, hasn't called a Will Vox, who plays for Cardiff. Now, okay, you might say I'm being biased by talking about one of Cardiff's players, but... He had a really good season for us. Okay, we didn't make the playoffs and so on. We're stuck in the championship for another season. But Volks has been attracting attention of Premier League clubs like Norwich, who got um, obviously promoted. They won the league and will be playing in the Premier League next season. And they've been offering, I've heard or will be, um, for rumours, whether you can believe them or not, I don't know, um, about £7 million to Cardiff to try and sign Volks. And if you don't pick a player like that, uh, clearly we are for the Burnham because he's being watched by Premier League clubs and so on. Norwich wouldn't be interested in him for the fun of it, you know? So that's what I mean when I was talking about I have a few bones to pick and so on because I really think the Volks should be picked and should be picked over players like Johnny Williams who was playing for Cardiff but has since been released for whatever reason. I don't even know why we really signed him but we're not here to talk about that today. I'm going to talk about uh, that in a whole other episode dedicated entirely to Cardiff. But yeah, um, he's played like two games all season for Cardiff and the fact that Vox isn't in the team before him, who pretty much played nine times out of ten every single week, I don't know. Um, it's a shame for Vox, but I guess when it comes to the midfielders, the Wales have already got like Bale, Dan James, Harry Wilson, then you can kind of see why he hasn't been picked. But I don't know, I just think that over players like Dylan Levis and Joe Morrell, I think Vox would have been a better pick. But, you know... Who, who am I to, uh, to judge? I mean, obviously, maybe something happened behind closed doors that we don't know at the moment, which would explain why Vox hasn't been picked. But, um, yeah, I just think he should have. And a lot of people, um, Cardiff fans especially, obviously, do feel that Vox has been robbed, and I really think he has. But from Vox, I wanted to say this is a big opportunity for Ruben Colwell. I think he's only 17 or 18. I did mention him a few weeks ago at the end of one of the podcasts. Uh, he's been picked, and this will be his first major tournament, and this is a big opportunity, really, for him to showcase to the world, or to Europe, I guess, at least, um, what he can do, because he put in a really um, good number of performances at the end of um, this season, just then, where um, he managed to lock down a starting place. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Colwell can do, if he gets any game time at all. You'd imagine he would. Will he be starting? I don't know, but um, yeah, it's a big opportunity for the young man, and I hope that he can show the whole world what um, he's been treating Cardiff fans to. So, obviously, a shame for Volks, but um, it's nice to see a couple of Cardiff players in that um, team have been called up, such as Kiefer Moore as well, um, who might be leaving the club this summer, but I really hope he doesn't. But uh, my brother and I talked about that um, when we talked about all things NBA F and football a few weeks ago. 
So players to watch, like I said, I'm going to be running through every single one of the nations appearing at the tournament, and just players that play for those teams that I think are players to watch. If you disagree with me, by all means, that's okay, because you're entitled to your opinion, and um, just let me know what players you're looking forward to watching as well, and matchups that um, you're looking forward to seeing. Um, everyone's entitled to their opinion. If you disagree with me, then that is okay. For Italy, I think the standout player, in terms of um, my opinion at least, is Federico Chiesa, who... I think plays for Juventus on loan. He might have signed permanently from maybe Fiorentina. But uh, yeah, Chiesa. Um, this season just gone. Obviously, Juventus had a bit of an underwhelming season. I think they only finished fourth and have since sacked their player and then turned manager Andrea Pirlo and brought in Allegri again. Um, Massimo Allegri, I think his first name is. But yeah, um, Chiesa had a really good season for what was an underwhelming Juventus side, really. 13 goals in 10, and in, uh, in 10 games? No, 13 goals and 10 assists across the season. And this will be his first appearance in a major tournament for Italy. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Chiesa can do. And whenever I uh, watched Juventus play, he would always um, put in a hell of a shift. So uh, first chance for him, just like Colwell, I guess, to um, showcase what he can do and uh, showcase the form that he was showing for uh, Juventus in uh, the Serie A last season. Or this season, you know what I mean. Switzerland up next, and I think the player that came to mind straight away for me was uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach's, or Gladbach's, or how, if I, you want me to shorten it down, uh, centre defensive midfielder, I think he plays there at least, on FIFA he does, Dennis Sakaria, whose form has um, drawn attention actually uh, from Premier League clubs like Manchester City, Arsenal and Chelsea. So, like I said with Volks, who was attracting attention from Norwich, you don't attract that attention for, for the sake of attracting that attention so you know, Zakari is a big man uh, strong quick um, definitely will be key to um, Switzerland closing games out you know should they be in front in like the 85th minute using his strength and pace so looking forward to seeing Zakaria play if you can hear me turning the, the pages over this used to be I guess an unscripted podcast but I do make a few notes now so that's why you're hearing me turn the page just then uh, for Turkey I think it would be easy to say Burak Yilmaz after Lille won the title last season. And, I mean, he was a revelation after he joined, I think, from, was it Besiktas, maybe? He um, joined the, the French outfit. And, obviously, congratulations to them for pipping PSG to the title. And I know they got a few Turkish players Lille have, um, Zeki Çelik and Yusuf Yazıcı. But, um, actually, no, I'm not going to say Burak Yilmaz, who is in the form of his life. And as we've also mentioning that, you know, he's 35, but still, um, he's playing like he's 10 years younger. So fair play to him. And I think Turkey are definitely going to have a good tournament. Um, and I'm looking forward to, as I've already said, them taking on Wales um, on the 16th of this month. The player that I think is going to stand out in that team, however, depending on how much game time he has, I'm not sure, is Orkun Kokchu, I think his surname is. He made his debut for Feyenoord when he was 17, and he's now 20. And just like Zakaria, he's been linked with Premier League clubs, such as in uh, Orkun's case, Leicester, Arsenal and Tottenham. So, the 17-year-old, you know, making his debut, well, he was 17 when he made his debut, um... Has definitely been one of the stand-up performers of Feyenoord um, in the Eredivisie. Not a league I watch too often, but um, whenever I watched him, you know, I always you could always tell he's a big-name player. He can make a difference um, whether he's starting or coming off the bench. So, yeah, I think definitely um, in terms of the Turkish side, um, Olkan Kokçu for this uh, summer's Euro is definitely one to watch. And he's been linked to Leicester, Arsenal, Tottenham. So that kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it? And to end off Group A, uh, Gareth Bale. I mean, who else? And there was an array of players I could have choose from, or chosen from even, to use a, a correct English. Um, Ruben Colwell, obviously, is an honourable mention. But uh, I feel 
When it comes to Gareth Bale, he always performs best when he wears the Welsh jersey. Obviously, he had a bit of an underwhelming season at Tottenham. He scored a couple goals here and there. Um, I'm sure Tottenham fans would probably disagree with me um, and say he had a good season. But I think he's gone back to Real Madrid now. And he might actually, I've heard, and again, it's only rumours, so can you believe it? Who knows? But uh, he might be retiring after the Euros. So he'll be definitely be hoping, if this is his last hurrah, that he goes out with a bang. But um, I always love watching um, Wales. I mean, of course I do, but... Uh, Bale always gives 110%, especially when he comes to playing for his country. So I'm looking forward to um, seeing uh, what he can do up against um, Italy, Switzerland and Turkey. And hopefully on from that if uh, Wales get out of the group. But it is a tough group, so you don't know. But I think the third best place teamed, teamed teams even... Uh, will also qualify for the next um, stage of the competition. Something like that anyway. But um, that is Group A over and done with. Now we're going to get on to Group B, which obviously has Belgium, Denmark, Finland and Russia. I wanted to start off then by talking about Belgium. And I think the standout player, um, I could say Kevin De Bruyne, and I'm sure many people would be expecting me to say that, or maybe Yuri Tillemans, but... I think for me is Romelu Lukaku and Lukaku um, after leaving what can only really be described as the pressure cooker that is Old Trafford uh, or Trafford? Trafford even. Lukaku has been in the best form of his career and obviously he was a key part of Inter winning their first Serie A title in 11 years um, with Antonio Conte who recently left the club and was actually due to take over at Tottenham but I think something happened at the final hurdle and he won't be um, taking over now but uh, that, that doesn't matter obviously cutting the Spurs fans but uh, it is what it is they used to disappointment, aren't they? Um, yeah, Lukaku's been lethal in front of goal. He scored 30 goals in all competitions this season and created 10 assists for his teammates. And when you think about the players that he's going to be playing around, the likes of De Bruyne, who I think will be missing the opening game, I think against Russia, because um, he, he had a bit of an injury from the Champions League final where Manchester City beat Chelsea. So, uh, on the sorry, Chelsea beat Manchester City even. Um, sorry, Manchester City fans, to give you a bit of hope there. But no, Chelsea uh, did one over the Manchester club, um, who were aiming to win the quadruple, but that kind of really fell apart, didn't it? Yeah, um, playing with the likes of the Bruyne and Tillemans, I think will definitely help Lukaku in his search for Euro Golden Boots. So, definitely in terms of the Belgian squad, Lukaku was one to watch. Um, and you know he was a key part of Inter winning their first title. So um, fun to watch him play. You know he's strong. Um, he knows how to hold the ball well. Good in the air. And as I said, 30 goals in all competitions this season and creating 10 assists. The man is lethal in front of goal and knows how to pick out a pass. And I think him leaving Manchester United was definitely uh, a wise decision for him and a good move for his career. Denmark up next and. The standard player for me, in terms of the Danish squad, has to be Kasper Schmeichel. Much like his father, obviously, Peter. Uh, he's an elite shop stopper who is guaranteed a starting goal for Denmark. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't start and isn't a captain. Um, he's like one of their best players, if not the best, alongside you know Christian Eriksen and players like that. Following what has been another successful season, I think, for Leicester, um, Schmeichel will be looking to impress and what will be his Euro debut. Um, the only other experience he, he kind of has under his belt was um, at the World Cup in 2018, where he kept only two clean sheets. So I think he'll be hoping for more, especially against, no offence to them, but Finland and Russia. Although, you know, you never know what's going to happen with football, do you? That's the nutty beauty of it. Um, it's hard to predict. But uh, yeah, definitely Kasper Schmeichel. Um, Leicester obviously won the FA Cup final. And uh, he made two cracking saves at the end of the game, I think, to deny Chelsea from scoring. So I was I'm glad to see. As a neutral, obviously, but uh, Leicester get one over on Chelsea, especially after Chilwell scored. And obviously he used to play for Leicester. But the game, the goal even, was uh, ruled out by VAR. And he kind of went crazy. And, well, uh, the Leicester fans... Um, 
made sure to remember, um, well, did remember even, he, him going crazy, and um, they let him know, if you know what I mean. Finland up next, and one of the first names on the team sheet for Rangers this season, in their invincible season, so congratulations to them and Steven Gerrard, is Glenn Kamara, and I think Glenn Kamara is one to watch um, for the Finns this Euros and this summer. 25-year-old, um, you know, he's been an outstanding performer whenever I've seen him play for his club and country, um, and it obviously was a major part for them. Uh, qualifying for the Euros, which they obviously did. Uh, his impressive displays for both Finland and Rangers, like I said, has also seen him linked with um, the club he used to be at before he joined Rangers, I believe, which was Arsenal, the North London club, who uh, definitely need a revamp, but they've kind of been needing a revamp for a while, haven't they? Uh, more exceptional performances on the international stage with Glenn Kamara. Could definitely see him attract more suitors than just Arsenal at the minute, because as a player, you want so many clubs all ch- chasing your signature, don't you? Um, rather than just the one. Um, so you're left spoiled for choice, aren't you? But yeah, definitely Glenn Kamara, who was subject to, obviously, that racial um, incident with uh, Andrzej Kudela for Slavia Prague, who I think... Oh, should have been kicked out of uh, the Europa League um, for his actions, but they they didn't. And Kamara also got banned, um, which I'm trying to get my head around. But yeah, um, I'm glad that uh, Kudel has been banned for the 10 games, but we're not going to be talking about that anymore than I need to. I'm looking forward to seeing Kamara play for Finland, as uh, I have done whenever I watch Rangers. Russia up next uh, as we round off Group B. And who else can I talk about apart from the veteran striker, um, Artem Zuba? Uh, he has scored 29 times in 50 appearances for his country, which is a decent return, if you ask me. And at the age of 32, you think, you know, players are getting towards the back end of their career. But not Zuba. Um, from what I've seen, he has no, no signs of, uh, or showing those signs even, of wanting to slow down. And has 22 goals uh, in the Russian Premier League. I think that's what it's called, anyway, for Zenit uh, in his homeland this season which is another very good return as well. And he will be hoping um, to become his country's all-time go- you know, top goal scorer if he continues to find the net at the tournaments. So, you know, with that incentive on the line, as it were, um, to kind of be a, an icon, or even though he basically already is, um, you can definitely see him winning a lot of aerial duels in the year because I think he's definitely like six foot four or five... Um, yeah, um, Dzuba, a veteran of the Russian national team and definitely my standout player to watch for when it comes to um, Russia. Group C now then, uh, which obviously has Austria, Netherlands, North Macedonia and Ukraine in it. And for Austria to start things off, the standout player is RB Leipzig, for me anyway, Marcel Sabitzer or Sabitzer? No, it's not Sabitzer. Why did I go to say Sabitzer? My brother used to call him Sabitzer. I'm pretty sure it's Sabitzer. If I apologize, I do apologize even if I pronounce any names uh, incorrectly, if um, any Austrians are listening or fans of Sabitzer. But yeah, um, the RB Leipzig's midfield talisman was one of the star performers in the Bundesliga this season. Um, I think Leipzig finished second um, behind Bayern, so. You know, you've got to start somewhere, and that's a very good return for um, the German outfits there. And he'll be looking to continue his good form during the Euros, carry it on from obviously the Bundesliga to the national side and the tournament this summer. He'll definitely be relied upon by Austria when it comes to dominating possession, especially against tough opposition such as the Netherlands. Although, without Van Dijk, will he really be as strong as um, people were expecting him to be? Who knows, time will tell. Um, Van Dijk ruled himself out of the tournament, I think a couple of weeks back, as he continues his um, recovery following that um, 
purpose or on purpose even injury that um, Pickford did to him and um, come on everyone knows that Pickford did that on purpose um, there's no need to really debate that so Sabitza so, so definitely and um, speaking of the Austrian midfielder himself as well both Tottenham and Roma are interested in the 27 year old and solid performance on the international stage should he be wanting to leave Leipzig will definitely help when it comes to sealing a move away from Germany whether he wants to or not who knows um, Leipzig obviously are in the Champions League again so yeah you never know uh, the Netherlands up next. Um, Memphis Depay definitely going to be the standout performer for me. The Manchester United flop, and you know, not that I, I like to call players flops, but he pretty much was one. Um, I think a lot of that was because of the pressure of having a number seven shirt, obviously one that was worn by Ronaldo and players like that at the club. Didn't help because you know that's a big number to wear, especially for. Um, you know, Manchester United, but he's now seen as one of the top players in Ligue 1 and for Lyon, and is a transfer target for Ronald Koeman's Barcelona. Whether he'll be joining them this summer remains to be seen, but uh, he ha- he's had another exceptional season for Lyon. I think finished fourth or fifth, maybe. Um, they were kind of um, in the running for the title, but kind of fell away at the end. But uh, the pie himself scored 22 goals and assisted 12 in 40 games, which is a very good return, obviously. And he once again impressed for the Netherlands when he scored two goals in a uh, 2-2 draw against Scotland um, earlier this month and uh, the Dutch manager obviously Frank de Boer will definitely be relying on the forward to be a main goal threat for the uh, Orange as they call them in the Netherlands I believe so yeah the pie when it comes to um, my standard player for the Dutch up next the North Macedonia their first ever tournament like Russia I mean the standard player has to be Goran Pandev Pandev is considered as I'm sure many Macedonians will know, one of the greatest Macedonian players of all time, as well as being the nation's top goal scorer, and the living legend's goal against Georgia gave his country the win that saw them grab an unlikely spot in the Euros. So yeah, it was un- unlikely to see um, North Macedonia qualify, but uh, Pandev's goal against Georgia sealed their um, spot in the Euros, so congratulations to them. And it'd be nice to see uh, the un- an underdog like them um, surprise and ruffle a few feathers in the tournament. But you never know. Um, football is unpredictable at best. Pandev has already uh, had a team, actually, in his native uh, North Macedonia, uh, named after him. And uh, a surprise win in the tournament for North Macedonia, you know, could make him an even bigger icon than he already is. But um, I think if I had said anyone else, I know obviously there's Alioski from Leeds, but um, when it comes to standout players from Macedonia, I know he's well into his 30s now, I believe, but it has to be Goran Pandev. So, uh, up next, rounding off um, Group C, I'll be talking about Ukraine standout player, and for me, that is Ruslan Malinovsky. Um, I'm not sure I said his first name right, but I think I have said Malinovsky right. Anyway, he is a mainstay in Atalanta's eye-catching side, and Atalanta, if you ever watch them, um, especially in Serie A, are always a fun team to watch. Uh, they score goals for fun. Don't keep many clean sheets, but um, they still had a very good finish. I think they were in the top five. Um, so, yeah, the team from Bergamo, I think, uh, is where they're based in Italy, had a very good season, and Malinovsky was a part of that, and the reason why. The dynamic midfielder is seen to be a key member of the yellow and blue squad, and I definitely think that um, yeah, Ukraine even are a team that uh, shouldn't be underestimated um, in this summer, zeros. What I like about Malinovsky is his ability to create space and retain possession, which I think will be crucial when it comes to making Andrzej Shevchenko's side tick. 
the uh, obviously former Chelsea player among other clubs is um, and a manager of his uh, native Ukraine. Malinovsky has also uh, been proven to be quite the goal threat from midfield, um, having found the net six times across 33 outings here for Atalanta in the Serie A this season. So definitely one to watch um, for in, like I said, a Ukraine side that could definitely ruffle a few feathers to say the least. Um, Malinovsky that is. Up next then, as we make our way to Group D, Croatia and the centre player for me will be uh, Ivan Perisic I think uh, so following the retirement obviously of their reliable striker Mario Mandzukic international duty that is uh, Croatia now uh, from what I've been seeing and as far as I know use Perisic as their most advanced forward although he has pre- predominantly played as a wing back this season for Inter Milan um, obviously that's where Kante wanted to play him the Croatian is still the most prolific goal scorer for his country, which, um, yeah, when you've got that experience uh, b- behind you and under your belt, uh, you definitely want to watch, I think. And the Serie A title winner, obviously, playing for Inter, played a key role in helping Croatia reach the 2018 World Cup final um, against France, which obviously they lost, unfortunately, for them. But uh, Perisic will be looking to replicate that feat this summer, and uh, he's got big boots to fill, obviously, following the retirement uh, from international duty, that is, again, of Mario Mandzukic. Up next in the Czech Republic, and who else but the potato salad merchant himself uh, for West Ham, Thomas Suchek, or Sochek, um, however you pronounce his name. He was obviously recruited at the start of the season uh, for West Ham following an impressive loan spell on loan from Slavia Prague, is it? And they decided to make the deal permanent for him. And uh, he is uh, a bit of a fan favourite when it comes to um, West Ham fans at the London Stadium. The gigantic midfielder has become a dominating presence in midfield whilst proving to be a startling offensive presence in the air. And I was surprised actually watching the match today and so on. The number of goals that uh, Socek um, or Socek um, helped out with and scored. So uh, definitely want to watch for the Czechs in uh, what is, you know, a bit of a tough, a tough uh, group to be fair. So yeah, um, want to watch uh, Socek is. I say tough group, you know, Croatia, they got to the World Cup final in 2018, didn't they? Uh, England, obviously, who many will probably be expecting to top the group. But, um, and then obviously Scotland as well, can't forget about them. Scotland up next, um, well actually, no, England then, then we'll be talking about Scotland. Um, England, um, I mean, you could say how, how all different kinds of players, um, for England to be the standout. But for me, and um, it was a shame to, to see that uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold had to drop out because of an injury, but he was um, replaced by Ben White uh, for Brighton, who had a good season, um, his first proper season with them, uh, following his loan spell of Leeds the season before. Um, I do feel the players like Ollie Watkins and Jesse Lingard were robbed, but um, hey, it's up to Southgate, isn't it? He wanted to go for Ben White, so... Uh, ben White it is, I guess. Uh, yeah, Phil Foden I'm going to go with. Um yeah, in the same vein as Rooney did in Euro 2004, Gascoigne in Euro 1996. Um, obviously, those are two uh, big characters and stars. Foden definitely has the potential, I feel, to be the real breakout star of the tournament. And the answer's already proved himself to be the ready-made replacement for Manchester City legend now playing for Sociedad in um, La Liga, I believe. Um, David Silva, after a very stellar season, to say the least, under Guardiola. Um, and if, if Southgate wants to bring football home, um, I obviously hope it doesn't come home uh, with England at least but uh, he will need a 21 year old to be at his best and uh, rocking that um, Gaza style uh, haircut uh, that I've seen on his, on his Instagram and stuff uh, maybe that'll be uh, some good luck for him who knows 
And to round off then, finally now Group D, we'll be talking about Billy Gilmore. He showed in his half-hour cameo in a friendly win over Luxembourg, um, I think early on this month, exactly what he's all about. And there's a Tartan army clamour for him to start. Um, I believe that's what the Scottish fans are called. Um, and obviously this is their first tournament um, in 23 years, so they're going to be hoping it's a good one. Uh, Gilmore may be the unknown quality in midfield that Scotland have been looking for. And um, from what I saw of him, uh, you know, when he's played and had cameo appearances for Chelsea this season, he's definitely worth taking a gamble on. Um, I definitely would mind Carter bringing him in on loan, that's for sure. Um, yeah, during his sporadic appearances, as I said, you know, the youngster's always impressed and is buzzing with confidence, especially after picking up a Champions League winner's medal. So definitely one to watch um, that for, for Scotland. Obviously, you know, it is Andy Robertson as well, but uh, in terms of the future, um, young Billy Gilmore, uh, for me, is the one I decided to go for. Now, the penultimate group then, featuring Poland, Slovakia, Spain and Sweden. Uh, Robert Lewandowski for Poland, uh, to start things off. How could I not say him? Arguably the deadliest striker in the world right now. Um, we'll be looking to continue his outstanding form during the Euros. Obviously, he won the, uh, the first European Golden Boot last season, or this season, or however you, you want to look at it, after breaking Gerdmuller's 49-year Bundesliga goal-scoring record. And a 32-year-old's tally of 48 for Bayern Munich this season makes him the favourite to top the goal-scoring charts at this summer's Euros. And the fact that there was no Ballon d'Or, I think, was it this year or last year... Um, I mean, Lewandowski was robbed. Um, it should have been held, and he should have um, been the one picking it up. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely going to be um, one to watch out for, especially in that Polish side. Um, so, yeah, Lewandowski for Poland. Uh, for Slovakia now, and it's another Inter Milan player this time. Uh, we've already obviously had Perisic and Lukaku, but uh, Milan Skriniar. Uh, over the last few seasons, he solidified himself as being the, one of the best modern defenders in the world, I feel at least. Um, he isn't renowned, renowned for it, renowned, renowned for his uh, aerial ability, but is extremely comfortable with the ball at his feet from what I've seen of him, um, which was obviously key um, amongst all the other players working together to helping Inter Milan really dominate Serie A this season. Nobody really came close to them. And for his national side... Um, from what I've been reading from you know Slovakia fans saying about him, he has struggled for form, but he will definitely be an excellent option at the back for them to go for, and he's probably going to be the first name on the team in terms of defenders at least. So um, Skriniar for um, Slovakia. Now Spain is up next, and uh, for Spain it has to be another Manchester City player, and that's Ferran Torres, who joined from Valencia for only twenty point eight million. Is now valued, according to um, websites I've read um, on Google, at about forty five million plus. He's only 20, as I said, or I've now finally said. He's played 36 games in all competitions this season in the Premier League and obviously other competitions that Manchester City were involved in, with 13 goals and 3 assists, including, um, if you watched the uh, game against Newcastle at St. James's Park, that like beautiful flick he did with his, uh, with his, his foot, obviously. Um, and that was just... Uh, yeah, that was a, a work of art for it to see him do that. And only 20, you know, he can only get better. And uh, he's in my fantasy team, so I hope uh, he delivers the goods. So uh, definitely Farron Torres for Spain for me. But there was an honourable mention I wanted to um, bring up, and that was Pedri for Barcelona. The 18-year-old um, could be one of the first names on uh, Luis uh, Enrique's team sheet. Well, I think he used to be the manager of the national side. So, uh, something happened, nothing behind closed doors that he has to go and attend to. But... Uh, 
he has now come back and taken over again, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, as I'm sure someone will. But uh, Pedri now becomes the second youngest player to ever reach 50 appearances for the Catalan club, Barcelona, that is, as he proved that he's the future for the Spanish Giants. And I definitely think he is from uh, what I've been watching um, of Barcelona whenever I've watched him. Um, you know, how many more years is Messi realistically going to have? Um, I said, you know, it's going to be a sad day when M2 retire him and Ronaldo. But uh, Pedri is definitely the future of Barcelona, at least. And I've already made three appearances for, this, for his country. He will definitely be looking to take the Euros by storm this summer in uh, a quite youthful side. And a side, actually, that has no players from Real Madrid in it. Um, which, uh, yeah, yeah um, wasn't expecting that. But, uh, yeah... Uh, Pedri and Ferran Torres uh, Pedri being the honourable mention but it was Torres for me that I wanted to go for but I could not mention Pedri and to round off then Group E we have Sweden and I'm going to go with um, obviously many people would uh, be uh, expecting to say Ibrahimovic but he's unfortunately injured for the tournament so for me, it has to be Real Sociedad's Alexander Isak, or Isaac, who has been one of the most exciting uh, attacking forces in La Liga this season. And um, a lot of that has been down to um, uh, Isak's skill in front of goal. You know, Sociedad had a good season. I think they finished maybe fifth or something. So good for them, obviously. Uh, he netted 17 times of 34 appearances this season, making him clearly one of the more prolific strikers in Spain and um, La Liga in general. And uh, as I said, with, with Ibrahimovic out, which is unfortunate, I really wanted to see him play at the Euros again, which might be perhaps one of his last. Um, he's getting on a bit now, isn't he? But uh, the 21-year-old will be the focal point, I feel, um, of the blue and yellow f- as forward line. So Isak um, for Sweden, definitely. Um, if I'm mispronouncing his name wrong, I do apologise for any uh, Isak fans or Swedish fans out there. Uh, Group F, or Sociedad, yes, Sociedad fans, um, France, Germany, Hungary, and Portugal, a group of death, as it were. Uh, I'll start off with Germany, and you might be surprised to, to, to see me say this, but I think the, the standout player to watch for and keep your eye on is Timo Werner. Although he finished the season with Champions League winner's medal, you know, his first year with Chelsea has been a bit of a difficult one as he struggled to um, really a, a, you know, adjust to the, the different style, I guess, um, the Premier League to the Bundesliga following his move from Leipzig. Um, obviously, he had two stellar seasons with Leipzig, um, but has struggled to continue his goal scoring exploits in London. But a fresh start, I feel, with his national side of the Euros may be exactly what a 25 year old needs to find his shooting boots again and to have an even better season for Chelsea um, in the 2021 2022 season. So, Timo Werner for Germany. And uh, I guess the underdogs of the group, really, Hungary. Um, the centre player for me, at least, will be uh, Peter Golashi. The shop stopper has been an immense, immense for his club, RB Leipzig, over the last six years, which solidified his place between the sticks for his country. And he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet, for sure. Uh, his experience will definitely be key for the Hungarians, both on and off the pitch. And he is their vice-captain, and he will be, need to be in fine form if he wants his country to progress from, as I've said already, and as everyone knows, a very tough group. But you never know. Uh, stranger things have happened. Portugal now. And just like Poland, where I mentioned with Lewandowski, it would be wrong um, to not say uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. And actually, before I talk about Ronaldo in Portugal, an honourable mention, I think, is definitely worth Dominic Sabosloy, or, um, or Sabosloy for Hungary. Um, he joined, I think, Leipzig from RB Salzburg. Um, didn't play that many times. I think he only joined in January. But uh, in terms of honourable mentions, def- definitely... Um, attacking midfielder for Leipzig. Um, I think it might only be like 20 or something. So, yeah. Uh, Ronaldo now and Portugal. Even though 
I think a lot of people can agree with me when I say this. He's ended the twilight of his career. Ronaldo is still one of the deadliest strikers on the planet. And after leaving the bright lights of Real Madrid, he fired Juventus for back-to-back Serie A titles. Obviously couldn't make it three in a row because they had a bit of an underwhelming season, as I've mentioned already. But uh, the Portuguese captain will be hoping to add to his astounding 103 goals. And you heard me correctly there for the national side. And even at the age of 36, he is still a star man that could drag Portugal to a second Euro title win in a row following their success in 2016. So, uh, up next, uh, I will be talking about, obviously, I'm just trying to find my bearings now, um, France. They should have actually been the first ones I talked about in this group, but I just completely um, overlooked them for whatever reason. Um, Sorry to any French fans out there, but... uh, Okay, sure, you might be expecting me to say Kylian Mbappe, but uh, for me, Angolo Kante is a part of uh, um, the Euro-winning side this summer. He will have won... Let me restart again. If Kante is part of the Euro-winning title side this summer, he will have won seven major trophies for club and country in the last five years, which is a remarkable feat. Um, After putting on a man-of-the-match performance during the Champions League final, the Frenchman will definitely be looking to bring back another trophy to his homeland following their World Cup win in 2018, obviously. Not 16, 2018. So, yeah, okay, like I said, uh, easy option would would be to go for Mbappe. But uh, I think definitely Kante is one that's going to hold the team together and... um, He's just such a fun player to watch, and he's always got a smile on his face, and uh, it is an infectious smile, if you ask me. Now, before I t- wanted to t- uh, talk about kits, uh, I wanted to talk about travel distances. So Poland, as it turns out, have almost 9,000 kilometers to travel for their o- opening three group games, and however many more games they'll be involved in if they get out of their group. So they'll be starting off in Russia, and then traveling into Spain to obviously play Spain, and then going back to Russia again uh, to play uh, in Russia against whoever it is they're playing. Um and when you think about, on the flip side, Italy, Denmark, Netherlands, England, and Spain, and Germany um, don't have to travel at all for their opening three games. When we're in the middle of a pandemic, um, is it really fair? I know, obviously, um, the Netherlands will be playing theirs um, at the Amsterdam Arena or the Johan Cruyff Arena, or Krauf, as I believe the, the, the Dutch pronounce it. Um, I might have mispronounced it, but so we move. Yeah, um... Should they really be travelling all that distances um, in in height of a pandemic? I don't know, but I think I just I just wanted to touch on that, and um, it'd be interesting to see what other people think about that. Um, but yeah, nine thousand kilometres in just three games, um, Russia to Spain and then back to Russia again for Poland. I think Wales and Turkey have also got quite a, a ways to go. I think Wales are playing two of their three group games in Azerbaijan, and I think one of them in Italy at the Olympico against obviously the Italians. So. Now I wanted to talk about kits, my top five to keep an eye on for the tournament. Uh, the first one, uh, for me, has to be the Swedish away kit. Um, the pinstripes on this, and it will be on the screen now as you're um, listening, uh, I'm watching the video on YouTube. Yeah, this for me is my favourite one. The pinstripes are beautiful and terrifying all at once against a moody, intense dark blue. Now, I'm not an expert when it comes to describing kits, but that was the best that I could think of. And I think the V-neck works well, and the ratio of yellow flashes to the shirt, for me at least, is perfection. And that is um, a kit that I'm looking forward to seeing on the pitch uh, when Sweden play. So that, for me, is um, my number one pick for the tournament to keep an eye on. And I will leave a link to all these kits in the description below if needs to, if you want to check them out yourself if you haven't already. 
Number two position then is uh, this one, the uh, Wales Away kit. And okay, here come the biased comments. But um, the yellow for me is just a great colour. But the way the deep green frames the crest, sits on the shoulders and ties in with the Adidas Adidas logo even, or Adidas, is just gorgeous. And the only thing I guess that might... Enhance this kit even further. It's a flash of green on the sleeves, if you can see that, um, or the side of the body. But uh, that's just a little uh, criticism, really. It is a tremendous kit and um, definitely overlooked. I think everyone um, gets hyped about the home kits, but uh, yeah, definitely worth showing some love to the away kit um, for Wales. Uh, third place, then, uh, Italy's uh, home kit. The closest thing Italy have had. Uh, have made into the 1990 World Cup even kit since uh, 1994. Um, like, this is the best kit, I think, since then that they, they're rocking up to a tournament with. The shirt invo evokes memories of Roberto Baggio's ponytail and Franco Baresi's half-bald-haired golden days, um, if you ask me, during the 90s. Uh, it's aesthetically clean and a sharp lines, a classic colour palette and a heavy dose of nostalgia. And really, what more can you ask from a kit? So um, props to the Italians, that is a nice kit. And um, yeah, that is the third place kit for me. And uh, fourth place then is Austria's uh, away kit, the Golden Puma kit, I guess you, you can call it. It's sponsored by Puma or has P the Puma logo on there. The black, uh, which runs right up to the shoulders and neckline, is a really nice touch. Uh, the pattern, which can only be described as, I think, turquoise chandelier, I believe, which is quite um, specific, I know. It is a beautiful, exquisite, and almost perfect jersey, apart from, as you can see now, the back, um, which is just completely plain. So that's kind of why it's fourth and not up any higher, because um, the back is just a bit boring, it is, compared to the front. And to round it off, then, uh, the Portuguese kit. Uh, the deep red is just beautiful, but it's a flash of green on the trim and on each sleeve down the side, which really elevates the shirt into elite territory for me. And, you know, the golden Nike swoosh is a lavish touch, which um, I also enjoy, you know, the colour of the, uh, the Nike logo and it's just a very very satisfying kit to look at so been, uh, looking forward to seeing you know, the likes of Jota, Fernandez or Fernandez if you want to call him that, Ronaldo um, rocking up on the pitch um, with uh, this jersey on and that will pretty much uh, round up the episode today. Um, it went on for longer than I expected it to, but uh, that's okay. Um, the Euro 2020 final, so mark uh, the date for your diary if you don't know already, will be on Sunday, June the 11th at Wembley. The kickoff will be at 8 o'clock unless um, that changes from now and uh, J July the 11th. So I think I said that anyway, not June the 11th, July the 11th. That's when the tournament begins, June the 11th on Friday. So yeah, um, let me know... Um, who you're looking forward to watching on the pitch, who you think, you think is even going to win it all. My money, I think, uh, is on France, but um, is anyone's guess, isn't it? Um, I'm hoping Wales go far. Um, they had a really good outing at the Euros last time in 2016, where they got to the semi-finals, I think, but unfortunately fell at the last hurdle to Portugal, but uh, yeah, we're five years on now, anything can happen. And uh, yeah, if you want to come on and talk about anything yourself, by all means, let me know in the comment section below or messaging me uh, if that's easy for you on Snapchat, on Instagram or Messenger. Or if you just want me to talk about a topic, um, then by all means, just let me know and I'll let you know that um, well, I'll, I'll give you a shout out even. You told me to um, talk about this topic like I did last week with my brother who gave me the idea to talk about all things games. But anyway, thank you for being here. If you're still here, thank you to all that I've shown on the previous episodes and I'm, I'm guessing including this one as well. You're all legends in my eyes. 
horizon in my book. So I can't thank you enough. This has been Hoga Talk. I will be back next week with another episode of this weekly podcast series. But until then, thank you all for listening. Enjoy the Euros. Hopefully it's a good one. And um, hopefully Wales can be bringing it home. But uh, time will tell. Take care of yourselves and I will see you all very soon. (laughs) 